what triggered this bizarre behavior. Journey into the cold heart of northern darkness with Nordic crimes. That case uh, became like a scene from a horror movie. A new true crime documentary series that chilled the bone. The hunger for killing is increasing in the course of these homicides. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nordic Crimes is a part of the Acast family. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, this is a prepaid call from Cerise Moore, an inmate at a Florida Department of Corrections institution. All right, tonight, the end of a story we've been covering for months. Dee Dee Moore will spend the rest of her life in prison. I have a life sentence. Um, our, in America, we have natural life sentences. So when you get 25 years, you get no parole here. So I'm in one of the states that doesn't offer parole. State of Florida versus Doris Donegan Moore. The defendant is guilty of first-degree murder. The rest of his remaining money, once he cashed it out, he moved the million dollars over. He buried... It on one of my properties. So you buried you, you buried a million so dollars in cash was, out the back of one of your properties. Oh uh, well, over that, over that, yeah. Hello and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the creator and host of the show. This is part three of my chat with Doris Moore, the lady convicted of the murder of Abraham Lee Shakespeare, a crime that she's always maintained she's innocent of. Now, as I said, this is part three. This is usually where I suggest to go back and listen to the previous episodes. But this time, it's not a suggestion. This time, it's a direct order. If you don't listen to part one and part two, I guarantee you, you're going to be lost. So I'll give you a few seconds to hit pause and jump back and listen to those if you haven't already. So in today's episode, we'll take a look at the final events that led up to the eventual arrest of Doris as she headed into many hours of interrogations with detectives. Before that, though, during this active investigation, something bizarre happens. And yes, I know what you're thinking, Jack, this whole thing is bizarre. And yes, you're right, it is. But welcome to the story, Polk County's very own Sheriff Grady Judd. You're not supposed to saddle up your horse in Polk City ride it all the way to town in Lakeland, drunk. If you do, we're going to put you in jail for DUI on a horse. Now, Sheriff Judd goes on television to do a story about Abraham being missing. Now, certainly not unusual. 
when you're dealing with a big case, you want to put it out there for the public to see if you can get any bites, anyone with any information that might be able to come forward and help you with the investigation. However, within this interview, he openly admits that Doris is his number one person of interest before she's ever charged with any crime at all. Did he get the right help? The help, the person that he thought was ultimately going to help him, the person that convinced him that she was there for his best interests, is Dee Dee. She moved that money to her personal accounts. She took it? She took it. That's what our investigation shows us at this point. And you know what she says? Abraham gave it to me as a gift for all the help that I gave him. Almost one million dollars. Is she someone you can trust? I wouldn't trust Dee Dee Moore as far as I could throw her. Now, I'm not in law enforcement. I never have been in law enforcement. But I would suggest that that's probably a a no-no. Although, maybe his thinking was that him doing that in such a public way may cause Doris to slip up and do something silly. And it is something that Doris, in fact, did see on TV. One thing that is pretty insane, that on the 13th of January, Sheriff Grady announced to the media... Uh, that you were a person of interest in in Abraham's disappearance. Uh-huh. Where were you when did you did you see that? Where were you when you when you heard that? I think I was at home or whatever. I was I wasn't worried. I mean, I knew I didn't kill him. I didn't run. You can't make this stuff up. So, as we heard in the previous episode, Doris has been secretly recorded by Greg Smith, the barber and friend of Abraham's. The man detectives say after just one interview that they were happy had nothing to do with Abraham's disappearance. Now, I think it's important to point out that Greg, like so many others, did owe Abraham money as well. In fact, Greg Smith owed Abraham $63,000. And let's not also forget that he first came onto Detective's radar when he accepted $300 cash to make a fake phone call to Abraham's mother pretending to be Abraham. Something that Greg apparently says he's still not sure why he agreed to, as we hear here in an interview with Crime Watch Daily. To this day, Greg wonders how he could have gone along with it, but he does. She said, listen, I need you to do me a favor to buy me some time to Abraham come back. Can you tell Abraham, mother, that I'm okay? I said, I'm okay. I want you to pretend to be Abraham. I said, man, I don't know. She said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $300 and make the phone call. I said, okay, $300? Yeah, I'll make a phone call and say, you okay? So as we also know, detectives say that Doris asks Greg if he knows anyone who will take the rap for the crime, a fact that Doris has told us is incorrect and that, in fact, detectives end up admitting it was their idea. Okay, um, he comes up with this plot, this plan with the two detectives to say they've got, uh, and actually they admit this, um, they actually end up admitting they are the ones that um, created the plot and the plan for the fall guy. Greg Smith tells the defendant she needs to give him a gun to give this anonymous fall guy. He comes up with this plan, and it's I have recordings of him, and he says that, you know, he's got an idea. Well, his idea is to give me this fall guy that can take the fall for me. When I get to the fall guy, I don't really know if he's buried on my yard. He's wanting me to tell him I know for a fact where he's buried and I don't. I said, well, say he's buried in the ocean. You know what I mean? Because I really don't know. You can hear it. I don't know. Now, remember in the previous episode, I said that detectives have a few things on their wish list. So far, this is what they have. Doris on tape agreeing to pay a fall guy 50 grand to take the rap for this crime. 
a supposed murder weapon that Therese gives to Greg, something she's told us she never said was the weapon that killed Abraham. They needed a gun, so she gave them one. And it was also said in court that they could not link this gun with the crime itself. So now number one on the wish list, which Dereese briefly just mentioned, detectives want Dereese to show Greg where Abraham's body is. So they say she takes Greg out to her property. She gets out of the car, walks over to the concrete slab and lays an item down to mark where it is. They're saying that that you show you pointed to you said this is the you well you didn't say this you didn't even talk apparently Greg saying that he didn't get well, out the car he no, sat it, he sat right. in the car and you went out there and pointed with a stick or whatever it was or a piece of metal right because I'm showing him where I knew the right because I'm showing him where I knew the money was buried if you okay it says well if I find out this is me more it's in my discovery. Well, if I found out everything Ronald did and tell him that I've got somebody, that way they don't have to kill my son because they keep threatening to kill my son and the detectives won't, you know, protect him. So I say if I, then he doesn't have to harass me anymore. I'll fix everything and find out what they've really, you know, done at this point. So I've got them telling me it's where I buried the money. So that's where I show Greg the spot of where I buried the money and he's going to check and see if the money, you know, buried there or if it's a body buried there. Okay. So you show, so when you, so when they, when Greg says, oh, she took me out and showed me where the body was, you weren't taking him out to show him where the body was. You were sh- taking him out to point out where the money was. Right. With this new information, police decide to move in and start digging on the property. This is something again that Doreese was actually watching happen on TV. Like I was, I had my TV running in the living room when they were digging on the property and showing it on TV and all. I was watching it and I still didn't know if they were going to uncover money or uncover a body at that point. I still didn't know. I know one person was telling me one thing and one was telling me another. So I didn't know who I could believe. When, when they were digging on your property and it was on TV, you were, you were actually watching that happen? On TV, I was at home. I seen it on the news. And you, I mean, there was no, no part of you that I mean, obviously, you know, you were there when a million dollars was buried there, and so I mean, we, we, did you think they were just going to dig up a million dollars? Well, yeah, because Greg is the one that told me they set me up. Greg is in the video and he's hammering his hand fist, and he's like, "They set you up. They set you up." And so Greg is telling me they set me up. So that's the only thing we could think of. So after digging for many hours on the property, police eventually locate the body of Abraham Lee Shakespeare. Doris was then arrested and taken in for extensive questioning by detectives. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office says the human remains found yesterday do belong to the missing lotto winner, Abraham Shakespeare. Big break in the case came earlier this week when a tipster told them to check out a home off East State Road 60 in Hillsborough County. When detectives arrived at that home, they started digging in nearby woods and they finally zeroed in on a 30 by 30 foot concrete slab yesterday. They brought in heavy digging equipment and after ripping apart that slab, they found Shakespeare's remains. An autopsy earlier today helped investigators confirm their suspicions in this case. She is not currently charged with the murder. She is charged right now as accessory after the fact. It's still a very active investigation. We're going to uh, uh, seek justice for him and we will uh, find out all the players, whether they were involved directly uh, in the murder or in, in the, uh, uh, the theft of his, uh, of his lottery winnings. So we're going to take a short break 
And when we come back, it's time for the interrogations of Doris. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. And I want to take a quick opportunity to thank everybody who's been listening to the show, rating and reviewing it and telling their friends about it. If you do want to help the show out, it's very simple. All you need to do is hit that follow button. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get the show from, just hit that follow button and you will never miss an episode. They're dropped weekly and you hit that follow button and each episode will be directly dropped onto your device. Now, with that being said, let's get back to the show. Now, you were taken into custody by police, I think it was February 2nd. Talk me through that day and how that went. It was all a big dog and pony show. Do you know that when they arrested me, I was in Hillsborough County. And I had to wait in this little room until the detectives that ran the case in Lakeland got all the way over there just to take me to the jail so they could show me off in front of the media as they walk me out. That's what we waste our taxpayer money on. Yeah, I've seen the vision of it. We waste our taxpayer money on for them to waste their fuel to be the ones to walk me in because they ran the case. So after Doris's arrest, she tells me that the threats from the drug dealers were still a very present danger, although it was now directed at her immediate family. When I'm in county jail, they go on to riding by my mom's house. I mean, it's Real people, these aren't fake and imaginary. They tried to make me out feel like I was crazy and I was making it up. And all the time I'm having to deal with this. So I guess saying something to the cops, 
they act like it's gold. Like they don't even listen to actual recording. Okay, so Greg tells them there's gasoline. In the report, it says gasoline. It says gallons of gasoline. Do you know when they itemized everything in the trailer that there was no gasoline found? Not even a gallon. Because I'm not going to have my friend burned. It's sick. Okay, so I'll quickly jump in here and explain what Doris is talking about with the gasoline and the burning. It's what detectives say the plan was, once Abraham's body was dug up, was to dispose of it more permanently by using a tub found on the property to burn the body and remove any trace of it being there. That's what I'm aggravated about is people just assuming and they want to jump on it and because the case they put it in the media so much they make up stuff just like they made up i had the lavish vacation that was before i even met abraham i went to las vegas everything in my case that they said about me was a complete lie at no point was anything factual and listen to me i lied and said everything but a pink elephant done it you kept treating me like i wasn't witnessing was i what I was when they told me there was no drug dealers, but I have tapes of drug dealers talking about how they're going to get away with killing me if I say anything. At what point was to worry about that? Everybody has a different level of fear in life, okay? I feel like if it's your time to die, you're going to die. But when it comes to my kid, I would do anything, just like I wouldn't have had to do such lying in the in the room where they have me locked in, where they say I have the opportunity to leave, but they keep telling me to sit down. Yeah, right, the interrogation stuff. That I know, right. Well, they're telling me, I know, I know. No, I don't. And they keep saying, I keep trying to tell them about the two guys, and they say that's not real. So what they do, they start threatening to arrest my ex-husband. Yeah, I've I've sat through and watched that. I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, and I didn't. I knew he didn't have nothing to do with it. So I had no choice but to lie. You're going to take an innocent man to jail. And these people are people that told me to stop dealing with these people. I wasn't street smart. I was smart at business. So as I mentioned there to Doris, I have in fact sat and watched her interrogation. It's something that anyone can do. It's readily available online. And should you have a spare three hours, you can do the same. Now, this is something that Doris is really unhappy with, the amount of the interrogations that were released to the public when she says that her recordings have never been able to be watched or heard. It's amazing how they they exploit the situation and allow all these videos, but they don't allow the videos of me recording all the detectives and all the paid off police officers and all the, you know, that's not on the internet anywhere. It's kind of funny and ironic to me that my side of the story of what actually happened because my tape recorder doesn't stop recording when theirs do. It's amazing that none of that is on there. So who is posting this? Does so, the police department post it? Is there... So, I mean, if you've got um, if you've got all you know, these if you've got these, if you've got these recordings and stuff like that, which obviously you, you, you've got these recordings and all these tapes that you've got, like you know, if if you've got them, then you know, and you're saying, oh, no one's posting those. Like, if you've got them, you know, 
why aren't they being posted? Like, what, have you got someone that can post them? Have you got someone that can put them up and, and someone that can, you know, obviously put the, these ones out I'll, there? I'll be glad to get you a copy. You, you want to post them? I'll be glad to get you a copy of them. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear, I'd love yeah. to, to hear them you and see post. them. And, I'll um, be glad to get you a copy of them. Yeah, great. Um, two people have the original copies, and um, I will get you a copy of them. Absolutely. Just so everybody knows. I have more than one copy of that. So if they killed me or they do anything or try to ruin the copy... Um, one of my lawyers has a copy, and an ex-FBI agent has a copy. So those videos and audios aren't going away. And one day, somehow, they will be posted. So people that have no clue what really happened can see for themselves how wrong this is. So as I mentioned in my short update a couple of days after the release of this show, I now have these tapes and videos that Doris has been talking about. I am still in the process of going through everything, but one thing I will say is, no matter what you already think about Doris and her innocence or guilt, I can tell you that the audio that I will bring you is going to make you question everything. There is certainly a lot more going on here than anyone knows, and you will hear it all very soon. So again, these interrogations are something that cropped up in the media quite a bit because of basically what happened during them. It's the bottom of the ninth, mm-hmm. and you've got two strikes, Dee Dee. Okay? I watched Cedric shoot them. The, the one and only objective in this interrogation with Dee, Dee Moore was to get the truth on what happened to Abraham Shakespeare. Moore started with this theory. It was a drug deal that went bad, and the guy's name is uh, uh, some, I, I just found it out. Moore could not think of the drug dealer's name who supposedly killed Shakespeare. One heated moment came when she claimed she was being framed. Look at all the stuff you've done. If there's ever been some kind of cover-up, you did it on this case. It appears from what we've seen that Therese changes her story multiple times. So it's important that we discuss these interrogations and get her side of the story on them. So I've I've sat and I've watched I've watched that interrogation because um, you can watch it. This, I think it's it goes for about three hours. So I sat and watched it, and I didn't. You know, they do say to you, right. look, you know, okay. So your ex husband must know about something. You, he must know something to do with this, and you, you know, you better tell us because otherwise, you know, he's going to get himself arrested, and then you, your kid's got no parent. And you're you're putting your 15 year old child in jeopardy, and I say that. With meaning because of the fact that you are potentially looking at both parents. I already told Clark that James did not know what that hole was, but I really... And how could he not know? Because what I did was... You're you're looking at a a five to six foot hole. How could he not know? Because I told him we were burying some concrete. We had buried concrete out there on the property before. If you look in front of that... uh, in front of that building, there's what concrete building? buried. There's concrete buried right in front of the brown building to the left. The one in the middle, the, like the little yeah, shack the little looking one. thing that has there's, new stucco yeah, and paint. Yeah, that one. There's concrete buried right there in the property. On, on there's the property. no concrete buried where I the victim was found, where I, Abraham was found. I know that. And then James came back over and and. Um, Fill it back in, you know. After I so let me it, ask you they, this: If they, James, put if dirt, they put dirt in it to cover everything up, and then James came back and just pushed the dirt over. So if James comes back thinking he's pushing dirt back over concrete, concrete, and he doesn't see any freaking concrete there, come on, Dee Dee. 
he it's dark it's it's late it's he honestly did not know he honestly i swear to you on a whatever he did not know he would not do hang that on, he's been a good man hang on. and then he goes to picking up his cell phone like he's calling the guy what am i supposed to do at what point i want to know anybody out there what would you do what what other options do you have I, I would just love for people, if everybody wants to pipe in and be mean and evil, and say, oh, I would do this and that. No, you wouldn't. You don't have any place to go. You run. You can't. You don't. I don't have that option. I have too much family in that area. You mean, obviously, you're saying that because, you know, there's a lot spoken about how you change your story so many times during interrogation, and you're saying that's because they just didn't believe you on, on and so you, you had no other option as to uh, other than to try a different tact. Right, because I didn't have an option. They were telling me things that didn't happen that I knew happened, you know, like like trying to make me believe I didn't even meet a drug dealer. Like, I, I that never happened. It made me think, well, you know, am I crazy? I started questioning myself. And then the, the, the thing that hurt me the most is when they try to say I blamed it on my son. I knew I didn't. So I'm sitting there thinking, what happened? Like, I, I blame it on him. And he's like, you were in the room and you blamed it on I said, no, I didn't. I said, no. I said, no. And then when I read the where they have it all, the wording out and everything, it said, no. I say, no. My son wouldn't do that. But yet they go and tell the media that because they want to question my son without a parent present. How is that right? Yes, because I mean, there, there was, I, 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 did, I did see something where it's like uh, that um, you said that you, uh, Abra okay. Abraham was threatening to kill you or he had his hands around your throat so your son shot him um, out of, you know, to protect you. The detective testified she had one more statement as she broke down and left the interrogation room. She said, my son RJ shot Abraham twice. Abraham was trying to choke me. RJ walked in the room, grabbed my gun and shot him. He was only protecting me like any son would do. They have all these things, all these things that they keep saying this and that and that. No, I'm, I'm tired of the lies. You can tell the lies by the videotape. It hurts so bad that they're allowed to legally do this. And then the other tape that's going to be on the way, I'm going to get a copy of it for you, is I found the one where... The detective telling me, oh, don't tell nobody I called. I just want to give you a heads up. They're going to be making this announcement. And it's him telling me, basically, they can go on TV and lie just to see what the public says. Don't take it harshly. That's not fair to a person. Hold on. So, so, so a detective called you. I have a video you, of it. De I'm gonna detective called you up and said, uh -huh. hey, Doris, just so you know, we're going to go on TV uh, and say this. It's not true, obviously, but we just want to see what happens when we say it. Well, he's like, I want to tell you there's some more bad things. Don't say I called you, but I want to tell you some. there's going to be some more bad media out there. You know, I know you, you say that, you know, I don't remember his exact words, but like, you know, I, I, I'm on your side on this. I know, you know, basically telling me he's on my side, but it has to be done, so don't don't take it to heart, basically. But you'll hear it when I send it to you. Sure. And so I'm sitting there thinking... How cruel can a person be when I had no personality for this? This is not my personality. I thought of good things and happy things to do on the weekend. I was a mother. 
I did normal things on the weekend. So let's go over the prosecution's case. This is how detectives say the murder took place. They state that Doris called her ex-husband and had him come over to the property to dig a hole. Now, this is something that Doris admits to doing. However, she says this was to bury the $1 million that Abraham wanted hidden and not for his body. It says here that they spoke to your ex-husband. He was interviewed on January 28th uh, and he said that um, you asked him in April of 2009 to dig a hole in the yard. Uh-huh, that's the money. That's, so that was for the money because he does say that he said he, he returns two hours later because um, you asked him to fill the hole back in. Um, he said he didn't see mm-hmm. what was in the hole. He said it was too dark. That hole was the hole that was dug for, to put this million dollars into it. Right. Okay, now I want you to think common sense-wise, okay? You say I killed this man. I'm not going to have my ex-husband come and run a piece of equipment to be able to tell anybody anything, okay? If I've actually done this and really that sick in the head, okay? I have him come because I'm not having these guys run my piece of equipment, okay? Because I don't know them. It's two men Abraham knows, and they're bearing this money. And I'm not going to allow them to run my piece of equipment. So if Abraham wants this money buried, he can pay my ex-husband for it. So I paid my ex-husband $200 to come dig a hole for them and then come back and fill it in. So, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming that there was and no one was else there. There was no one else there when your ex-husband was there digging the hole. So he didn't see anyone else? No. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, look, I mean, to be honest, it does sound sound odd to me that, that if you had killed someone, that you asked someone to come over and, and sort of dig a hole, number one, dig a hole, but then number two, come, right. come back and fill it in where they could potentially see someone lying in that hole. Right, right. And you got you got to remember where this is at, too. It's on Highway 60, which is a major interstate, like a major road. Like, you can, people are can see us. There's traffic going by, back and forth. There's... It's very active there. So anybody would be like, hey, you know, they're doing something suspicious over in this yard. I could have buried him anywhere on that yard if it's a body, okay? So at what point, I just want somebody to think logical. The reason why the money was buried there is because I wanted it in camera view. I originally wanted it behind the red brick home because the camera face is right there. And James said it couldn't be buried there. The money couldn't be buried there because... um well, he didn't know it was money being buried, but it, I couldn't dig a hole there because he was worried about electric and all that stuff and everything. I had told him that I was going to bury some concrete because had, they had buried some concrete on the property before over by the other building over there, some little brush, concrete brush or whatever. Yeah. And so um, he originally wanted behind the house. And, or I did, and he's like, no, it can't. So I went to the next best place, which the camera still faces. The problem I had was when I found out they finally, you know, that I'm thinking they've done something to this man, I can't even go back to the camera system because it has a 30-day loop. So it only plays 30 days, and it, it revolves and does a loop. So, but I have it facing towards that property where you can see it in view. And it's on a major road. Prosecutors then claim that later that day, Doris would shoot Abraham and place him in that hole. Shakespeare's blood was in fact found in the property. However, Doris says that blood DNA of another non-Caucasian male was also found in that property. An important piece of evidence 
that was overlooked at the time. Once I'm in prison, they find there's blood DNA at the crime scene of a male, and it's non-Caucasian. That was never put in my trial. No one ever seen that information. When you have DNA from another person in the same room with the victim's blood, then that shows hypothesis of innocence because my blood is not in there. But another male non-Caucasian's blood is with Abraham's blood at the crime scene. So it shows hypothesis of innocence. Right. So okay. my my public de- right my public defender should have showed the possibilities of a hypothesis of innocence of who this blood could be and that it doesn't match what the state was saying happened because the state obviously said I killed him by myself alone. Um, okay, so there's, uh, there's another person's so DNA in that alone, room with Abraham's DNA and that's where they're questioning, okay, so who is this person and why didn't we look into the, the DNA, this, this particular DNA? Right. Prosecutors then claim she had her ex-husband return later that evening to fill the hole in. They then say she had fresh concrete poured over the top to cover up the crime. This is another piece of the puzzle that Doris has an issue with, as she says that concrete was in fact poured long before Abraham ever went missing. That body was not there, and I have way too much proof to prove it was not there when I had the concrete poured. That was the only reason the jury decided to convict me, because the way the jury looked at it is I must have known something about his death because I had the concrete poured. We had the concrete poured over the money. The money, the concrete was poured April 13th. He was not dead April 13th. April 28th, he had a DNA test done to see if that was the father of his son. I mean, he was the father of the child. The problem is, is everybody that is anybody has tried to twist and manipulate the story. Nonetheless, with all of this, Doris is taken to trial. And after weeks of evidence and witness statements, plus a highly publicised court case, on December the 10th, 2012, Doris Moore is found guilty of the murder of Abraham Lee Shakespeare and sentenced to life in prison. All right, tonight, the end of a story we've been covering for months. Dee Dee Moore will spend the rest of her life in prison. State of Florida versus Doris Donegan Moore. The defendant is guilty of first-degree murder. You have one minute remaining. So that's where we'll leave it for today. But coming up in the next episode, Doris, during our conversations, asks if I'd like to talk with her law clerk. When I ask for her number, I find out that the law clerk is in fact residing in the same correctional institution as Doris. Uh, my name is Kimberly Boone. I go by Kim, and I have been incarcerated almost 14 years. I have 17 and a half left to go if I have to do my entire prison sentence. Um, about six and a half years ago, I finally got into the law library. I've always been interested in helping others. I kind of got railroaded on my case. And when I got here, I realized that I wasn't the only one. Next time on One Minute Remaining. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Hosted and produced by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership. Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.